World Productions. Scaring normal people on the internet since 2010. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. I don't like this place. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now... On with the show! For Sunday, the 11th of September, 2011, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise, and I'm all you're getting today. Oh yeah, let's see, Gwenora is off uh, on work-related detail and Daxa and Grail are off on NFL-related detail, something uh, I may never understand, but okay, I'll give it to you. Uh, I understand the, the concept of obsession and, and weird hobbies, but hey, where would we be without them? And Iolite is currently hurting children uh, in the next room, and it sounds rather impressive. I hope the microphone's actually not sensitive enough to pick that up, because damn... So thank you for joining us for, excuse me, joining me for this solo episode of Casually Hardcore. Yes, I am indeed also sometimes known as Other Todd. Just don't, just don't even ask, because, you know, there was that Other Todd earlier in that other show. Yeah, that ain't me, but I digress. Programmatic announcements. We have lots of fun stuff coming. Uh... If you check out the front page of vtwproductions.com, and if you're not keeping your eye on that, why not? Coming up on Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, another episode of Alpha Geek Interviews, this time with Brian Ibbett of Coverville.com fame. Rather looking forward to this one. Brian is a really nice guy who I had the opportunity to meet when I attended Nerdtacular 2011 earlier this year and has one of the more long-running and prolific uh, podcasts out there. I believe he's closing in on episode number 800. Yeah, that's eight with two zeros after it of Coverville, which is his podcast dedicated to the joy of cover music, covers of 
popular and not so popular, but really good songs uh, by different bands than who originated them. So join me on Friday uh, morning. If you want to hop into the forums at media.vtwproductions.com slash forum. You can submit your question suggestions in the thread. There's a link right on the front page. It takes you straight to that thread. And let me know the kinds of questions you would like me to ask my interviewees. There's also the standing thread there where we are constantly redeveloping the standard nerd questionnaire, uh, continuing to adapt it and morph it away from the uh, original questionnaire that I stole directly off of James Lipton on Inside the Actor Studio and turning it into something more our own. So I'm always looking for your input and your uh, nerdy guidance as to what kinds of things we should be asking our various alpha geeks as they join us on alpha geek interviews if you also check the forums on vtw productions you'll see that hey there's a new forum there in fact there's a new show that has joined the versus the world network the gentlemen from indeed podcast are now fully on board no longer merely on our 24 7 server but actually are a direct-to-podcast show on the Versus the World Network. So go to the Shows tab at the top of the page of the vtwproductions.com and check out the Indeed. We've imported all their existing uh, episodes. And get on that forum and welcome them to the Versus the World community. They've been hanging around kind of quietly in the background up until now. And we've gone all official now, and all the interesting stuff is there for all of you to check out. Let us assimilate them. One of us. One of us. Not creepy at all. In fact, I need to reach for a drop-in here. And I don't have my full suite of drop-ins, but this will do nicely for a creepy drop-in. And now, angry ticks fire out of my nipples. Because that is simply how we roll. I'm also not working on my standard rig here, so if we have any kind of uh, sound quality issues, Black Void, I'm looking to you to uh, let me know how I sound in relation to my background music, and a little later in the show when we start uh, heading for Skype, I want to make sure my uh, Skype levels with whomever is Skyping in are good. The Skype account for participating in today's show, and I will be leaning very heavily on Skype today, because you know me and solo shows and the suck therein. So VTW Shows is the Skype address you should be pointing your Skype account at. And you can come to the front page of vtwproductions.com. Looking in the lower right-hand corner, you will see the VTW Shows Skype icon, and it actually says, I'm online. And if you are on a machine that has Skype installed, you can simply click on that link, and it will automatically dial in. Now, earlier in the week... I had thrown out to the Casually Hardcore Facebook fan page a request for suggestions for call-in topics. And I think we'll do several of these across the course of the show today. So let me throw the first one out to you. And at the top of next segment, we'll start taking calls in on that. Um, from Nigel Cox, we have, What is your favorite non-mainstream movie, TV show, or book? And then he goes on to blame us for getting him hook, uh, hooked on Max Brooks. So we might as well have the show get him hooked on even more things. Uh, well, yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons why we're out here is to share the good word about uh, nerdy fun and media to consume. So, and actually, you know, having a great love for all things nerdy has actually worked in my favor. Um, it's one of the things that allowed me to get uh, Bad Astronomer onto Alpha Geek interviews because... 
He listened to Mike Furman's interview and noticed that I was using a cover of the theme music for Space 1999 as my background music and apparently immediately at that moment decided I must be on this show. So being a nerd when you're looking to uh, recruit other nerds is uh, sometimes a, a very good thing. Now we have a nice prolific research thread this week and the title is particularly fun and enjoyable. September 11th, 2011, the Boogity 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 edition of the research thread. Now, if you listened in last week, we were noting that Deus Ex has a rather unflattering picture of Richard Hammond from the UK edition of Top Gear as his forum avatar with the words Boogity 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 underneath it as his tagline. So the boogity 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 edition of the research thread makes sense when framed like that. Um, so contributors to this week's research thread, and we are always extremely grateful to the guys who take time to send us uh, nerdy goodness to cover during our shows. Deus Ex, Aid, Fangs with a Z, and you know that what's make that is what makes it cool. Uh, Biomed Alchemist. <clears throat> now I do apologize, Boba. I, as you may can probably very easily tell, I am still fighting uh, the crud and have a head cold and cough. And if I cough and blow your headphones off your head or your ear nubs out of your ears during this episode, I apologize in advance. But it's very likely going to happen because there's not enough VIX Formula 44 in all the world to apparently hold this thing in check. But I will do my best to do the name correctly here. So, <clears throat> Bear with me here. Boba Fetish. That's the best I can do. Uh, also contributing this week, uh, Silmall, which is uh, one of our more recent recruits. Thank you for contributing goodness and links to the show today, which will hopefully keep it from spiraling into the death of boringness that is me in front of a microphone alone. Ah, your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Thank you, Wash. I know you've got my back. All right, so let's take a look in here, and let's check here. So I was being distracted, as I tell myself I should not be, by the Black Void. All right, so here's an interesting one that kind of ties in, actually, to yesterday's new episode of Doctor Who, which was a very, very, one of those, you know, standout good, good episodes. But our friends from Google, this is from geekwire.com, Google patents a glove for seeing with your hands. Now, if you've seen yesterday's episode of Doctor Who, you would know that uh, they actually had androids in that episode that had no eyes in their heads and actually had their sensor panels in their hands so that they would kind of walk around with their hands in front of them and were looking at you. And it's funny that, hmm, as soon as they have that episode out, the very next thing I see in the research thread is Google patenting a glove for seeing with your hand. So those crazy Google guys are at it again. Google co-founder Sergey Brin is among the inventors listed on a patent issued to the search giant this week for seeing with your hand. The concept, in short, is a glove with sensors for viewing a room or controlling a computer with gestures. Why would anyone want to do such a thing? Well, the patent actually the, the patent filing actually cites a relatively practical example. When a small object is lost, for example, underneath a couch, humans naturally put their hands under the couch to look at the object by touch. 
the filing says, while gathering information by touch is in some cases an acceptable substitute for seeing, in many situations it may be desirable to see the inaccessible environment to better gather information. Ah, so now we know the inspiration. One too many sets of keys lost beneath the furniture. Beneath the furniture, Sergey. So, yeah, in, in this week of patent reform, when uh, the U.S. Patent Office has written some reviews to their systems for issuing patents, hopefully to streamline things and get some of the ridiculousness out of the patent system, um, we have an interesting patent hitting uh, from our friends at Google. This one probably only really made the newswires because of its association with Google, and, but it showed up on my, my radar because it was a matter of life imitating art in the form of one day after Doctor Who, we get a patent. I was like, wow, they've really streamlined the process. You see it on TV, you patent it, and apparently it's yours. Now, sneakily, while I was covering that, I uh, had someone call in. Let's see if we can get some audio levels here. Who's on the phone here? A very sleepy berry. A very sleepy berry. So uh, talk to me here so I can make sure I'm not blowing people's ears off with your input. Oh, good morning, Internet. Uh, Thanks for spoiling the new episode of Doctor Who for me already, by the way. Oh, yeah, because that thing that you learn about in the first two minutes of the episode and is completely inconsequential to the plot Mm -hmm. as a whole uh, really spoiled it for you. Yep. Uh, Here's another spoiler. All the major characters survive the episode. (laughs) That's kind of a funny joke considering the line from last week's episode. Which was? Oh, my gosh, we're going to die again. Again. Yes, we're going to be dead again. Yes, I rather like Rory as a character. He can stay. He's really growing on me. Yeah, though all oh, fungus. Yeah, a little bit. Um, though, for those of you who do follow uh, Doctor Who, last night's uh, episode was a very good uh, Amy Rory episode, um, and another one of those moments where they kind of turn away from the uh, craziness and have kind of a a moment of heartfelt. Uh, I don't know, more more emotionally grounded in reality type of uh, episode. So if that's your kind of thing, uh, this is in the vein of Amy's Choice from last season. Uh, they I was going to say, that doesn't really mesh. How do you have Doctor Who and Grounded in Reality at the same, in the same episode? That's like they, the opposites of each other. They use some really wacky... Um, far out settings to explore some very human situations and some you know, moments of really hard decisions that you would hopefully never have to face in your entire life. But I which, they, which they seem to do uh, a lot of on that show, that and running. Running is kind of a, a little bit of a theme, yes. <laughs> if you're not running, you're not doing it right. Yeah, I always think it's weird that they run so much and yet still choose to wear those, like, Shoes, you know, High, highly impractical have, shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'd all have like uh, like athletic shoes on, just uh, because they do so much running. Instead, they've got like uh, oh, and the doctor's usually wearing some variant of formal leather shoe, and yeah. of course they always put you know boots with heels on the women because mm-hmm. yes, sir. But I digress. Boogity boogity boogity. <laughs> it's still funny. And it, well, it's, it's doubly funny. I mean, if you take a moment, if you've never been to the forums, you should go to the forums and just look up Deus Ex's profile 
to right. see the picture of Richard Hammond that he has chosen to go along with the label Boogity, Boogity, Boogity. Now, he also mentioned at some point in an email or something where that uh, that picture, which episode of Top Gear that episode came from. It's right? actually not from an episode of Top Gear. If you look at the re- this week's research thread, you can link it in and we can put it in the show notes. He links to a YouTube video that's simply labeled NASCAR Pastor Prayer. He says, and for those interested... Oh, no, wait. I'm not talking about the actual, uh, the, the boogity 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 line. I'm like, where did he get that picture? Oh, that I have no idea. Because um, I want to know what, what someone said to him that made him make that face. Made him make that face that someone then did a screen cap on because, damn. Yeah. Yeah, I knew where the boogity 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 thing came from. That that pastor, NASCAR pastor part thing was, like, all over the internet a couple weeks ago. Go ahead and link that in the IRC. And since, you know, I didn't give you your proper intro and just kind of slid you into the show here uh joining me via the miracle of skype is our very own producer from the irc the and of course i'm on the wrong rig so i don't have your drop in but the barry von awesome barry va in the irc if you have something to bring to my attention during the show try not to uh pm me directly always send it via the filtering mechanism yes you're a kidney that is barry va and he will sanitize it correct your grammar, mock you, and then bring it to my attention if his beard approves. The beard does approve, most often. He's not, very, little, not a very combative... tabs open here. I'm trying to consolidate him right now. So yeah, that good luck with that. For me to... Actually follow along with what we're talking about on today's show. Yeah, I have two... I had three separate threads open for just for the forums. I'm, I'm trying to cut that down. And uh, I had to... Deus Ex failed because he, he put the uh, the YouTube video directly in there and to actually link it in IRC, I had to go to it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the hazards and, and pitfalls of my, my very difficult job here. Yes, I, 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 I weep great big tears for you. I really wish they would kill that thing out if you click on a, a YouTube link where it automatically starts playing the video. That's I, I don't like that. It bothers me. It, it, it vexes you. You are, yeah. you are vexed. Yeah, because it always seems to kick in when you least expect it. It's, it's like if it, lo- it has to load, and then it comes on, and it's way too loud. Or mm-hmm. yeah, what's <laughs> So I never did get a response from the Black Void, so they're utterly useless in the land of how is my level as compared to Barry's level as compared to the background music? Come on, guys, I can edit this out in post, but I need to know so I can stop playing with my knobs. Live on the air. Do you, do you want to spend the rest of this hour and a half remaining in the show with me playing with my knobs? And now, knobs. angry ticks fire out of my nipples. In a live update of the current hand egg match between the Minnesota Vikings and the San Diego Chargers, the Vikings are already up 7 nothing. Yeah, see, hand egg is what we lost Daxa and Grail to. And then for some reason, they went to an Arizona Cardinals game, because I guess I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to guess that they hate themselves. Yeah. Because um, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Um, yes, uh, Mr. Tim in the IRCU, who I believe is one of my former students at UAT, uh, you shouldn't really perceive the background music. So if you are questioning whether there's a lot of background music at this point, then I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. Booyah, Grandma, booyah. And then I must be doing it really right, because I can't hear it at all. Well... The way the Skype rig is set up, you can't hear drop-ins or anything, but see, 
I'm just a, a straight man when I'm on cold meds. <laughs> the colors. <laughs> the colors. <sighs> Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. See, I'll just act out all of the <laughs> drop-ins from now on. And now, angry ticks fire out of my nipples. <laughs> can I do drop-ins from other shows? Does that help? If you think you can adequately act them out. Uh, oh, my favorite what? of all time is from 2040. <laughs> oh, really? What do they got over there on 2040, which airs live Sundays on vtwproductions.com. Pluggity plug McPlugster. I like my women like I co- like my coffee. Covered in bees! Covered in bees! Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, just, I love that so much. It just kills me. I mean, Eddie Izzard is... I mean, he is a very particular kind of humor mm-hmm. and he definitely is a love hate kind of thing but when if you get his humor and can keep up uh freaking yeah then you understand the, the genius that is covering bees he also has uh one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies he uh he plays a uh disco themed uh criminal thug in the movie mystery man Yes, and uh, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the movie is yeah, he he had killed one of the heroes' uh, fathers uh, previously in in the timeline or whatever. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, he had a horrible accident. He fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> onto the bullets. <laughs> so Carmine was still the best part of that movie. Well, oh, I'm sorry, you cut out there. What was the best part of the movie? Carmine. The skull and the bowling ball. Oh, yeah. Carmine the bowler. Carmine the bowler. <laughs> Am I to understand you've inserted your father's head into that ball for bowling? No. This guy at the pro shop did it. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> uh, okay, moving along here. We have the surprising truth about what motivates us, except for that uh, video. So that's, guys, you got to stop putting so many videos in the research thread for the audio only program that we do here okay just a little reminder okay so here for i'm just gonna assume that it's just a picture of boobs because boobies Hmm. boobies yeah a really good 10 minute video i'm sorry i was miles away what we're talking uh boobies yes so for a certain part of our community this is more big news than for others but minecraft version 1.8 update leaked by Mojang. Minecraft's massive adventure update 1.8, and this is the update that allows you to basically start making instances in your uh, Minecraft world, which is, I'd say, a pretty freaking huge upgrade, has been leaked by Mojang right-hand man Jens Bergenston, or Jeb. Minecraft creator Marcus Person is content with the leak, as shown through his subtle use of a winking emoticon in this tweet, as linked. And the following message which says, I am fine with you using it. Make sure you get it from the leaked URL we are hosting, though. Jeb affirmed his part in the leak with yet another emoticon, the long-eyed equals sign style. On a Reddit post, Jeb had previously tweeted he would upload the jar file for expert users, which is exactly what he did nine hours later. If you're an expert Minecrafter, download the file here, and they link through. For This is from Joystick.com. That's Joystick with a Q, because it's what makes it cool. And you can get your adventure started. When a developer leaks its own game a few days early, we think that it should just be called a release. But hey, what do we know? Yeah, that's um, self-leaking code. Way to go, guys. 
<laughs> just release the damn thing, or just do it as a, an alpha release. So we're releasing this as alpha code. Use at your own risk. We're still developing it, and you cover your butt. Uh, or just don't freaking release it. I don't know. I guess they're just trying new promotional techniques. Now, I'm not uh, I'm not one of the uh, community Minecrafters, but I, I'm I'm completely aware of the game, and it's always kind of there in the background of the community. And I know that I read some of the stuff. But is that game still an alpha or beta or something? Right? I know it hasn't gone gold. Uh, it's still a Wait. it's still a decimal below 1.0. Hasn't it? Hasn't it been out? Uh, it, or in beta for like several, several, several years now. Ah, yes. It's so strange. I just yet, work it. It's just kind of the way Minecraft is. I mean, how many Google products have made it out of beta, okay? Mm. They leave that beta tag on there for eternity, so you really can't hold in any kind of standard, because if you ever breaks, and they say, well, it was a beta. I mean, is, I think Gmail still listed as a... So mail dot Google too many O's. Google dot com. Let's see. It's thinking. It's thinking. It's thinking. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Air. Dead air. Nope. Looks like the beta label has fallen off of uh, Gmail. So many years after coming into being, it's now at least version one but I just work here. Well, apparently I actually, actually logged into Gmail. Didn't intend to do that. Curse you, Google Chrome, and caching my login info. <sighs> but I digress. And diverge and occasionally divest. All right, that brings us up against our very first break. When we return, call-in topic will be, let's talk about your favorite non-mainstream movie, TV show, or book. In other words, share your deepest, darkest secrets with the rest of the tribe. You are listening to Casually Hardcore, special Gnome on His Own, yes, Gnome Alone, edition for September the 11th, 2011. And we will be back right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. Welcome to Northrend News, a proud partner of Casually Hardcore on btwproductions.com. In today's top headline, the struggle to determine what went wrong with Azeroth's transporter system grinds to a halt as every hardy adventurer gears up for Brewfest. Who needs teleporters when you've got Brewfest rams or kodos? Says event chairwoman Maggie Twin Tankards. Meanwhile, in Middle-earth, it looks like Blinky and Vixen have gotten lost. 
I told you we should have turned east after we met those elves, Vixen. Yeah? Well, how was I to know they'd be the only outpost of civilization in the middle of nowhere? Anyway, they were strange enough as it is, eating tree leaves and singing songs about weird old men falling off cliffs and dwarven mines. It's true. But how am I supposed to operate my person finder to a thousand without any chickens? Man, this stinks. There's nothing to eat out here but lembus bread. At least those halflings back in Buckland knew how to cook a proper meal. It looks like the rain's getting worse. Let's stick to the forest. At least we can try to stay dry. I think I stopped being dry when we left Azeroth. Together, our brave heroes venture deep into the forest, where mighty trees stand cold and ominous in the growing gloom. Twisted roots cover the ground, making it hard to walk without tripping head over heels. And as Blinky and Vixen's eyes adjust to the darkness, it seems like the trees might be talking to each other, whispering about the two intruders in their midst. Have you come from the Shire as well? A talking tree? I didn't know night elves had set up camp here. Night elves? I don't understand you, little ones. But I will take you to the White Wizard. He will know. Oh, no. I think we've had just enough of strange people poking in our affairs, thank you. If you'll just point us in the direction of the One Ring, we'll be on our way. No, little orklings, I cannot risk you wandering the woods unchecked. Dark times these are, and many a foe may look like a friend. Oh, Friend? We're neither, pal. We're just tourists that got a bit lost. Tourists? That sounds like orcish trickery to me. Look, pal, let me put it this way. You let us go, or I light this extra crackle boomtastic firecracker in the middle of your forest. I... That's what I thought. Having made their escape from the Ents in the Forest, our brave adventurers attempt once more to get their bearings. Will they be able to track down the Ringbearer? Will they find a place to avoid all the rain? And will they finally get to eat that elusive poultry ice sandwich? Tune in next time to find out. From the cliffs of Northrend to the falls of Rivendell, this... Versus the World's Productions. Nerds on the Internet. What more could you ask for? www.vtwproductions.com Guys, Joey Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com I am Nomewise, that's Barry VA. And we're all you're getting today, because we've been abandoned. (laughs) 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 I've been uh, inducing the caffeination program, so I'm getting a little bit more awake. Caffeination program. Mm -hmm. Engage caffeination protocols? Am I I doing it wrong? I have a bottle of the uh, Mountain Dew next to the the computer here on the desk. Uh, You said it wrong. Mm. It's not Mountain Dew anymore. What is it? Mountain Dew. (laughs) That's <laughs> true, it does say Mitten Dew look, on it. Look, look at the can, it's Mutton Dew, because Mountain wasn't rad enough. Uh, it could be Mutton. Mutton. See, you do it like that, and it sounds like a uh, like a motorbike engine, which fits with their whole... Anyway, whatever. You know what I am? Easily amused, apparently, is what I am. 
Biomed Alchemist says you sound overwhelming now. Maybe he just likes your uh, <laughs> motorboating sounds. I sound uh, overwhelming. That got, that got weird fast. How does my sultry, sexy voice sound now, Biomed Alchemist? I love you. You're pretty. See, when I have a cold, I can really channel the lower registers. And maybe that's what's doing it to my normal levels, because I'm not really peeking out so much right now when I am talking in the sub-basement. He's trying to do, like, a Michael Dorn thing there. Why, thank you. You want me to beat him up for you? <laughs> I could do it, you know. I listened to an episode of the Nerdist podcast this week where he uh, interviewed Patrick Stewart uh, at, uh, I think it was Chicago Comic Con, they reported it. Yes, I saw that. But uh, Sir I listened, Patrick Stewart I listened to that right. podcast this week, and that was pretty funny. Yeah, I'm still working on getting Chris Hardwick over on Alpha Geek Interviews because, well, it's Chris freaking Hardwick. Oh, I love him. I actually sent them an email asking if they wanted to be on once because I was like, you know, I'm going to try to earn this producer credit and try to land some guests. But I love that podcast. That's one podcast that I'm completely caught up with at all times, even if I'm behind it. You're talking about Nerdist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, because it's a great, well-produced podcast that has fantastic guests. Hmm, what more would you want? Yeah, I really like their format, too. And they have a lot of, like, stand-up comedians uh, on, and he talks about... Um, he, he has the comedian with the name that's most fun to say, which is Mike Berbiglia. Mike Berbiglia. Say it with <laughs> me, Berbiglia. He likes to uh, nerd out about uh, comics technique and like how they come up with jokes and how they how they go on stage and stuff like that. And I'm really, I, I can really get behind that and just really dive into like that stuff that he loves to talk about too. So I, I just enjoy the heck out of that podcast. Yeah, nothing, and, um, nothing but the, that. Then one nice thing I was going to say about my new job is that uh, I am allowed to wear my iPod, so I am completely like I am. I'm my behind on podcast thing is getting worn down every night I have to work because you're allowed to actually listen while you work. Listen yeah. while you work. you know, and then try not to get my hands chewed by the machines I'm feeding mail to. Om nom nom. Just put a big label on the machines. It's om nom nom to remit to remind you that that's what it would like to do to your appendages. Yeah, it is kind of fun watching it do it to the mail, though, especially when it shreds something, just completely shreds it, and you're like, well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, that explains an awful lot about why the Postal Service is downsizing. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I, I mostly work with, like, uh, uh, like ma right now I've been working on, like, the magazine sorter and stuff, too, so it's not like people are getting their bills or, you know important documents or anything. It's like, they're not getting their Us Weekly or something like that. You think a copy of Penthouse is not important? No, Penthouse is nice. They polybag their stuff there, so that stuff goes through the machine just fine. It's, I see. You know, it, really, it's the, the stuff that gets shredded is like, um, I don't even know what they are. They're like these uh, really like loose paper, like uh, financial catalog type things that, that financial companies send out or whatever that just have really flimsy covers and just get shredded when they go in the machine. I, I think we call them confetti. Yeah, essentially. All right, so in case you are holding off and waiting, now is the time to attempt to call in on the first of today's call-in topics, which is your favorite non-mainstream movie, TV show, or book. And I make no promises as to whether I can successfully conference people in um, or if I'm going to need to uh, kick Barry off uh, in order to let people come in. I've, just, I've never done multi-way Skype with call-ins before today, and I blame Barry. Yeah, go ahead, blame me. Um, I just did. And I accept this blame. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be fine. We, We've we, done this before on you know other shows. 
yeah, not so much actually. I've I've, I've never I've pre prepared three way calls, but not ever taken and dropped people you know midstream. I'm not even sure what Skype does when you're already on the phone and someone tries to call you if it pops up and or just dumps them into uh, the ether. But in the meantime, we will. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, the, the, black the black void is he eating that one up? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I can use the power of my uh, sick voice to really improve that one. Just I got to head down into the basement now and say, "Oh my." Yes. Talk dirty that, to me, Barry. That was another great episode of the Nerdist Podcast that everyone should go back and listen to. Is the George Takai one. Well, George Takai rocks. I mean, you go listen to the, the panel he did at Phoenix Comic Con. He was absolutely hilarious and fun and Hello. entertaining and everything expect. Hey, hush now. Everything you would expect someone to be um, or want them to be in your uh, Comic Con panel. All right, getting back to... The research thread, and this one you know, jumps out at me. Pennsylvania lawyer suspended. Blames video game addiction. This from whptv.com. And Pennsylvania lawyer suspended. Philadelphia Associated Press. A Pennsylvania lawyer is blaming an addiction to video games for the sloppy legal work that's cost him a three-year suspension. A state disciplinary panel concludes that Matthew Eshelman retreated into the world of video games to fight job stress and problems at home. The habit got the 43-year-old Carlise lawyer fired from a firm in 2007, but little changed when he set up a solo practice. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court's disciplinary board's report cited 17 cases that Eshelman mishandled. They mostly involved bankruptcy, divorce, and debt collection cases. Okay. I, I clicked on the article because I wanted to see, you know, maybe what kind of video games he uh, got himself addicted to that made him lose his lawyer job that right. he had to go to school for forever. And it made me laugh because their graphic for it is a picture of a PlayStation 2 and an original Xbox. Yeah. And uh, it looks like a DDR dance pad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like how how far into the past did you dig for an allegedly generic? And it's all superimposed over a blow up of a one hundred dollar bill. It looks like Bad, <laughs> badly photoshopped. This is like one of those uh, Korean uh, news videos where they uh, the computer animate stuff to, to to like relate the news story and, and they completely botch it. This is the exact same thing. They're like, we need a graphic that says uh, money. And video games. Uh-huh. So let's pick the two most obscure images that relate to those things. Mm. And, and sadly, they don't say what game it is he was playing. So we'll just assume it was DDR. Yeah. What a dork. I just work here. Okay, I'm going to summarily hang up on you now and bring you back on later because apparently the whole concept of calling in when you're already on a Skype call without handing them money, uh, no worky. So. Okay. Enjoy your beard. Talk to you in a little bit. I always do. Okay, the lines are clear. So if you're interested in calling in and speaking on our first topic of non-mainstream game slash movie slash TV slash book, uh, now is the time. And I'm missing Barry already, I tell you. Okay, morning period is over. So yeah, if you're going to you know, retreat from your job and your troubles in life, you know, it could be... If this guy had retreated into a bottle and had just become a drunk, 
this probably would not have made a headline. Uh, it's only because he cited uh, video games as the particular thing that he retreated into that it became a news story. I mean, it just makes me want to cringe. Say, wow, slow news day, guys, much? Mm-hmm. But I digress. We'll just close that one down and head back in. Well, this one calls out to me because the lead-in line was, Policeman says he was bitten by a vampire. No, I did not make that up. Tampa, Florida. This is from MyFoxTampaBay.com. According to one man, or excuse me, Tampa, do vampires exist in uh, Pinellas County? According to one man, they do. He said he was bitten by a woman who calls herself one, and that he has the bite marks to prove it. The attack sent 69-year-old Milton Ellis to the hospital and put the accused vampire, 22-year-old Josephine Rebecca Smith, in jail. The story begins just before midnight, as most, most horror tales do. The two strangers with no place to go met at a gas station, the shell on Roosevelt Boulevard in St. Petersburg, police said. He was staying near an overhang near the vacant Hooters restaurant, so he thought it might be a good place for her to stay, says Mike Puetz of the St. Petersburg Police Department. By the night's bloody end, Ellis said he survived a vampire bite, and judging by the scars, it was no nibble. It was no vampire's kiss from the movies either. It was a full-fledged attack, and there are bloodstains on the porch to prove it. After he fell asleep on the ground, he claims that she attacked him, started yelling that she was a vampire, and that she was going to eat him, and started biting by his face and body. See, the title of this thing should be Crazy Homeless Woman Bites Sleeping Other Homeless Guy. Yeah. Just get a life. I mean, in this post-Twilight world, again, this kind of thing gets its own headline. (sighs) I know there's plenty of uh, people out there who participate in vampire societies and you know dress up and behave and act as if you know vampires are real and they are vampires. But this is more sort of crazy homeless person biting. Uh, oh my, fresh limes from the tree, uh, biting fellow homeless dude. So uh, yeah, we're back to the whole idea of the slow news day. Yeah, <laughs> I like has just walked in to show me the nice limes coming off for a tree and then saw the title on the screen and had had reason to pause and say, huh? Yeah, it's actually, you know, man says bitten by a vampire. Actually, you read the story and it's crazy homeless lady bites guy on neck. End of story. Not nearly yeah. as, why, hello. Little little Miss Bedhead is here. I have to go get Nathaniel. He's still in the pool. Is good? Okay, moving along. All right. I will point that out again. If you have not been paying attention to the Alpha Geek section of VTWProductions.com, the very long Guild Wars 2 preview play video has now finally been encoded, chopped down to the appropriate size so YouTube does not spit it back out after a 40-minute upload, but I'm not bitter, and is available for viewing on VTWProductions.com and or the VTW Videos YouTube account, which was created a little while back to... Allow all of you guys who like to create video content to have a home for it. So if you've got video stuff you want to share with the rest of the tribe, send us a link and we will get it encoded, uploaded, and sent out to the world to enjoy. 
No, I was under the impression that people were trying to call in here. Am I doing something wrong here? I mean, at least Tim from the IRC was threatening to call in, and I went and kicked Barry off and everything, and nobody is calling the VTW show's account. <sighs> I have said. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. But that has made me feel better. From the research thread. This is from the BBC, bbc.co.uk. The first chatbot conversation ends in an argument. This is from the 8th of September. Artificial intelligence robots have held a conversation with one another for the first time with surprising and surreal results. Two graduate student PhD students at Cornell University gave voices and 2D avatars to a pair of online chatbots, which they named Alan and Sruthi. And Jason, let's see, Jason Yozinski and Igor Labutov explained to BBC News what happened when they left the robots to converse and were stunned by the results. And of course, Shockwave Flash has just eaten itself, so I can't even play the accompanying video. But not surprisingly, uh, they were unable to make sense of each other and instead argued with each other. Yes, it is the beginning of Skynet. And stealthily, while I was reading that, someone actually finally called in on Skype. Who has joined me here on the miracle of the interwebs? Hello. Hello. Can you hey, hear me? I can Mr. hear you. It's Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim. Welcome to a very special edition of Casually Hardcore. How are you doing? I'm not doing so bad. How are you doing? Uh, I have the crud. I has the crud. Can I has NyQuil, please? Oh, me? I'm feeling pretty good. Well, I hate, then I hate you. I called back by two places for final interviews. Ah, most excellent. Job hunting is for the lose, but uh, job uh, obtaining is for the win, so good luck on those. Uh, hopefully. Well, I did actually just graduate, so now I have to find the job details. so I can pay back the loans. Oh, details, details. Yeah. They'll, they'll give you all kinds of slack with paying back your loan. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle, guffaw, wheeze. So, hey, because uh, you guys said I have balloons to pay. This is indeed what we find, and we thank you for the paycheck. Yeah, what can I say? I mean, oh, it's because of your show I actually first heard about the school in the first place. This is indeed all my fault. It is, you jerk. I shall now go to Penalty Box and feel shame. Well, I should just feel shame, like, as is. I see. I'm feeling the love. Are you all feeling the love? I am. See, all right, so today, go ahead. Who? Oh, I have no idea what I just did. Okay, it's all good. You're back now. Awesome. So no, the I just hurt the ones I love. It's you it's always kind of a thing. hurt the ones you love. There's even a song about that. Now speaking of songs, I was actually looking around, and apparently Rolling Stone has ranked the worst at '90s songs. Well, that shouldn't be too difficult. But again, to gather my old man status around me like a cloak, you know, everything in the 90s was bad because it was me. Yeah, it looks by... like we have somebody else calling in. Oh, no, I'm, I'm attempting to create a conference uh, to bring Barry VA back into the conversation, but uh, he apparently hung up on us. Oh, no, I want to talk to Barry again. Because he, he, so he is so I'm antisocial. I jobs, so I had to shave and get a haircut. You saw me before. Yes. Now, I had a ponytail and an awesome beard. You had, and you, I wanted my beard, 
embarrassed Beard to fight. And they would have, and, and it would have been cataclysmic. Uh, but instead, yeah, you, you were clean as a baby's bottom uh, last time I saw you, uh, which was kind of uh, a little creepy, actually. Uh, so and therefore I win. Aha! And therefore Barry wins. He has, he has rejoined us. Hey there, Barry. How you doing? Uh, I'm bearded. Therefore I win again. Yeah, you win, you jerk. Until his beard gets pulled into the sorting machine, and then we read about him on the news. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at this list of songs, and, well, I know most of them. Like, not know I can't sing them, but... <laughs> now, uh, for the sake of interactivity with the community, song did, you, of the uh, 90s. did you provide a link to said uh, list at any point here? No, but I can throw it in the chat room. Hey, that'd be great! See how no, that works? Yeah, can also like I'm an actual uh, podcaster. If you get the link in there, then it finds its way into the show notes, and you can always find the show notes at vtwproductions.com slash casually-hardcore, or just vtwproductions.com and click the Shows tab at the top of the page, and then select Casually Hardcore from the easy-to-use drop-down list. And if you can't figure out a drop-down list this far into the 21st century, how the hell did you figure out how to download the podcast? I mean, it's, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> go stick your head in the sorting machine. Quite well, possibly. Yes, something could have... Like a brother could have just left the podcast running, and I don't know, his kid brother comes up going, Yay, Casually Hardcore! Yay! It could happen. See, Mr. Tim here is the perfect straight man because he takes everything I say, literally. He's overthinking that one. You think? Yeah. No. I'll just, I'll, I'll be in the car. Nursing my... You're always my, in the car. Durr. It's Arizona. It's really hot out. I don't think you want to be in the in the car. No. Well, I mean, at least as long as the air conditioner is working. You, I mean, people always ask, uh, oh, God, true enough. how do you deal with those temperatures? Like, we, we run, do not walk from our air-conditioned car into our air-conditioned building. And you also get used to it. I've been in Arizona for two years. Now it's 77 degrees in uh, the house I'm now living in right now, mm. and I'm feeling kind of chilly. Yeah, it's nice. And actually... The, the heat is beginning to finally show signs of breaking here in Arizona, so it's a little, little bit nicer this morning, I know, but anyway. still, my tolerance for heat has gone up. A little bit. Well, also, you shaved off the soup catcher, so you have less fur, oh, that's ins- true. fur insulating your head at this point. Meanwhile, Barry is roasting his two remaining neurons, but I digress. Hey, I, anyway, I live in Minnesota. It's a, it barely gets above 80 degrees here, ever. Minnesotan, yeah. Yeah. They're hay. So, uh, Mr. Tim, did you uh, have anything to contribute to today's first call-in topic, which was, what are your favorite non-mainstream movie, TV show, or book? Well, I can talk about two that I can think of off the top of my head. Choose. Book-wise, I, again, you guys have talked about this before, but I really dig the Dresden Files. What is not to love? He's pretty much gone mainstream at this point, though. I mean, he's had a television show uh, I guess. adapted Which from it. wasn't that good, in my opinion. Well, I, th- I thought it was good in its own right. Just don't compare it to the book. I mean, as a television series, it was better than most speculative fiction we get. Uh, just, just don't hold it up next to the book, because um, the book is su- almost always superior. But again, I mean, the book, it's just a well-written series. And I'm also from the Chicago area, so he talks about locations. I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Now you can tell so when it's an author like another level of enjoyment. Another, when an author has a special love for an area, because they will definitely weave it into their storytelling, and he definitely does that for the Chicago area. Makes me want to go visit. I, I have a related topic to that. There's a, a author that I read that's not very. Uh, he's pretty mainstream. He writes uh, like crime novels. Uh, this uh, 
John Sanford. He writes the. He's got a series of books called uh, that all have prey in the title, like Mortal Prey, and uh, I'll look at my shelf here. Uh, well, doesn't easy don't, easy prey he have a TV show with his son? I'm sorry, what? Sanford and Son. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so, uh, next book is coming up in like a month. Uh, Shockwave, I believe. Oh. But um, his books are all set in, Min- in the Minneapolis area, and, and it's actually kind of humorous because none of it actually makes any real sense. And he's from Minneapolis, but he, it's kind of a fictional Minneapolis that he created because if you actually know the area, you're like, well, that, that's just silly. That's, Why would he that's that? not there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not, even, not even close. I mean, is he trying to screw up visitors that come looking for the things that don't exist? Well, most of the things in his books, though, like because his main character is a uh, a detective solving serial killings. Most of his stuff are like hor- horrific crime scenes, also. So I don't know that people would be actually be going around town like on the you know the the tour. Uh, of, oh, let's try to find the place where that guy like mutilated that that lady and, and wore her face as a mask. You, you know, you don't think that's a crowd pleaser in certain crowds? I mean, how long have you been hanging out on the internet? That's true. Witness 4chan. Need I say more? Do not. We don't talk about fortune. It doesn't exist. Uh, I remember I went to Four Chan once. Yeah. Again, just to take a look because it's a big. It's, it is uh, often big, referred big, to. And no, well, I won't say what video I found, <laughs> but it involved animal abuse. And after seeing that, I'm like, oh no, you know, just I'm not going to deal with this. This is horrible. What has been seen cannot be unseen is is truest about 4chan. Just don't don't ever go there. It is not worth it. Yes, a lot of interesting memes start there and spread to the rest of the normal world. Just wait quietly for them to escape from 4chan and you'll get to enjoy, you know, the lolcats of the world after they've been safely sanitized. You do not want to see what goes on there. It is the worst of the worst of the... I can't... Again, I can't unsee uh, the the few things I saw on my little voyage to 4chan. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And I have several friends that do visit it and enjoy it. Why? No! Don't hang with those people! No! They're all over the school, man. I actually made an analogy on the final episode of uh, The World Strikes Back about 4chan that it, it's one part fight club because uh, the first rule of 4chan is do not talk about 4chan. Right. And uh, this goes along, too, with the uh, the anonymous people that uh, kind of sprung up from 4chan and now are these this worldwide hacking organization, apparently, and, and all the other ones. But uh, if we don't talk about, you know, the first rule is don't talk about them. And they're also they're one part fight club in that sense because they came up from like this basement of the internet underneath a bar where they they just hung around with each other and then they decided to turn into project mayhem and so then they also kind of morphed into um lord voldemort from the harry potter books because yeah. uh if uh if we do not name them then uh you know we'll be we'll be like the people in uh harry potter where if we don't name him and we just keep our head in the sand oh, we do not speak away. his name yeah, they, they, they who shall not be named that we shall not talk about. And uh, anyone that uh, you know in real life in this analogy that doesn't know anything about the Internet and doesn't quite understand what's going on with these uh, anonymous hacks and, and hacking all these websites and everything, those people are muggles. Now from the blackboard of the IRC, uh, Biomed Alchemist wins one Internet for Worst Songs of the 90s is the name of my Backstreet Boys' next greatest hits album cover band. And mm-hmm. also to... Bioman Alchemist, I say, hey And that's all I have to Hey-o. say about that. Hey-o. Steve, 
But I digress. Okay, we are up against our next break. I have some music queued up for you to listen to from the new album from our friend and yours, Jonathan Colton. This is off of Artificial Heart. And I've got, sticking with the Arizona theme from earlier, uh, this is Good Morning Tucson. You are listening. Oh, it's a great one. Uh, You are listening to Casually Hardcore Solo But Not Edition. And we will be back right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. Still so dark because it's still so early And the chipper little girly at the front desk doesn't mind at all These phony living rooms and fake plants are killing me This bad coffee's filling me with equal parts joy and rage Put my makeup on and crack in half I choke back a laugh Find the camera with the red light Good morning Tucson The lights come on and so I smile wide and say Donuts, which means I got the donuts that I wanted. There was no young punk to steal my jelly glazed, and I'm still sort of amazed that you can be born in the 90s. When I don't like what they talk about, I take the earpiece out, they just cue me through the window. Good morning, Tucson. The lights come on, and so I smile wide and say, Good morning, Tucson. And I'm writing something, but I'm really far away, really far away. I keep my smile warm in case they turn the camera on, because now I have something to say, I have something to say. Camera's melting, but I... Just keep going, it's been a pleasure knowing you I wish you all the best of luck When the prompter dies, I'm comfortable winging it I'm practically singing it The song that tears the world apart Through the smoke beyond my parking space I see my giant face On the billboard by the highway Good morning, Tucson The lights come on and so I smile wide and say
Tune in to 2040, your in-depth look at game design and finance, live at 6 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, every Sunday, www.vtwproductions.com. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, the No Malone edition, since everyone else is off doing much more interesting things than I am, apparently, involving hand egg and working. So maybe, in fact, I win, because none of those other things really interest me that much. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to claim victory on this one, because that's exactly the way that I roll. All right, hitting over to the forums. And again, if you are uh, waiting to call in, the Skype line is now empty and available. VTW Shows is the line that I am currently parked on. You can go to the front page and click on the link, or just put me in your contacts list, and I will add you, and we will meet again upon the interwebs. All right, moving down the list here. Where the heck was I? In the boogity, boogity, boogity edition of the research thread for this week's show. Let's see here. Ah, yes, this was a lovely one. A group calling themselves the Script Kitties, which, if they knew anything, would know that that wasn't a very flattering name to give themselves. NBC News' Twitter feed, hacked with fake terror attack. And they have a link to a tweet from the NBC News Twitter feed. Breaking news. Ground Zero has been attacked. Flight 5736 has crashed into the site. Suspected hijacking more as the story develops, which turns out to be complete and utter BS. Posted by people who had gained access to the uh, NBC News Twitter feed. Not cool, guys. Not cool. Uh, looks like Steve Jobs isn't the only thing confusing Twitterland. NBC News' official Twitter account has been compromised, broadcasting an entirely false report of a terrorist attack at Ground Zero. The anonymous sympathetic group Script Kitties, sweet name, no, not sweet name, Ugh, Gizmodo, not a sweet, no, no wonder it's a gawker site, <sighs> takes credit. Uh, NBC News' director of social media, Ryan Osborne, says the NBC News account has been hacked. Working on it. Please don't retweet any misinformation. So, yeah, nothing happened. If you see a friend spread this lie, do us all a favor and correct them. And update one, the Script Kitties Twitter account has already been suspended. That was quick. Someone at Twitter has got some pissed off phone calls. And update number two, the NBC News Twitter account is currently suspended, presumably while they get their crap in order. Yeah, not cool. Um, yeah, if you're going to hack, you know, the hacking, great. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a super uber elite script kitty who managed to guess an obvious password or something annoying like that. Uh, but the, to mess around and put out fake news, uh, especially that close to the 10 year anniversary of the original 9-11 attacks. Uh, yeah. Seek professional help sooner rather than later. Moving right along. This, this one's just got a weird title, so we'll just we'll go to this one. This one from oh, yet another Gawker site, io9.com. The giant crab invasion of Antarctica has begun. I, should, I actually used the power of my now super deep sexy voice that I have because I'm incredibly sick. I'll use this to read this one in the deep, dark, and delicious voice. 
In 2008, a team of researchers predicted that warming waters in the Southern Ocean would lead to the arrival of king crabs in Antarctic waters within 100 years. That sounds like the beginning of a 1980s television show. A team of researchers predicted. Yeah. Now, just three years later, evidence suggests that the king crab invasion is already well underway. Videos shot from remotely operated submersibles have revealed that staggering numbers of Neolithides yaldwini, giant red crabs that measure more than a meter across, have begun colonizing and reproducing in Palmer Deep, a basin just over 100 kilometers onto the Antarctic Shelf. Now... Just how many crabs could we really be talking about? The researchers who caught the crabs on film explained in their paper published in the latest issue of Proceedings of the Royal Society B, the extent of the crab population. We estimate over 1.5 million crabs in Palmer Deep, a density similar to the lithodid populations of commercial interests around Alaska and South Georgia. Okay, so how long, you guys, till you think till Discovery Channel has their new reality show... Deadliest Catch, Antarctica. You just mark my words, you heard it here first. Uh, they will be leading the charge to harvest this new biomass of crabs in the Antarctic waters because it'll make for some great TV. And you think, uh, Sig Hansen? Or maybe give, give Edgar his own boat and set him south? Yeah, uh... Never a dull moment. See, I, I should be in in television program. I'd just be making making bank at this point. But yeah, but again, you know, climate change, global warming, total myth. Nothing, no, no facts backing it up whatsoever. Move along. Nothing to see here. Never mind the 1.5 million crabs where there didn't used to be any. Yeah, moving along. Moving along, indeed. Sorry, just had to cough explosively there and did not want to blow your ears off to do it. So you got to listen to a moment of... And another one right there, because that's how this cough is working. From the LA Times, an artist's incendiary painting is his bank statement. Alex Schaefer's depiction of a chase branch going up in flames drew the attention of Los Angeles police, who asked if he was a terrorist. He said the work was a metaphor for the havoc banking practices have caused on the economy. Standing before an easel on a Van Nuys sidewalk, Alex Schaefer dabbed paint onto a canvas. There you have it, he said, inflammatory art. The 22 by 28 inch in plain air oil painting is certainly hot enough to inflame L.A. police. Twice they've come to investigate why the 41-year-old Eagle Rock artist is painting an image of a bank building going up in flames. Schaefer has barely added the orange and yellow depiction of fire shooting out of the roof of a Chase Bank branch when police rolled up on the corner of Van Nuys Boulevard and Sylvan Street on July 30th. They told me somebody had called and said they felt threatened by my painting. No, Schaefer said. He explained the artwork was intended to be a visual metaphor for the havoc that banking practices have caused in the economy. A terrorist certainly would not spend hours on a public sidewalk creating an oil painting of his intended target, he told the officers. Police took down his name, address, and telephone number on a form. Schaefer declined to provide his social security number and departed. They were friendly. They weren't intimidating, he said. I figured that when they left, they probably decided the episode was stupid, and they just wad up the form and throw it away. Wrong. On Tuesday, two more officers showed up at Schaefer's home. This time, they were plainclothes detectives. One of them asked me, 
do you hate banks? Do you plan to do that to the bank? Schaefer again explained what his painting symbolizes. He's actually doing a series of paintings depicting banks ablaze, he said. The one, the, his first one two months ago featured a Burbank Chase branch, and he has a Bank of America painting in progress. He said he will feature other large banks branches as well, as he does his own banking at a small community bank, Schaefer said. The flames symbolize bringing the system down. Some may say that the, banks are the, that the banks are the terrorists. Yeah, your tax dollars at work, people. Um... I can see where the police would be coming from, where they would not want someone to actually come along and firebomb the bank and then come forward with this information after and say, hey, this guy who firebombed the bank was sitting in front of the bank and we told you about him and you did nothing. So this, I think, is a cover-your-ass kind of moment for the LAPD where, yeah, they know it's probably pretty dumb, but they sure as heck don't want to be caught not having at least looked into it uh, because the consequences from a PR standpoint would be fairly devastating. Yeah, but apparently that's all it takes to get uh, labeled as a potential terrorist is to uh, graphically uh, represent your dissatisfaction with the system. (sighs) I just work here. All right, person who just sent me a request for a contact, I have approved you, and you can now call in at your leisure. Uh, Bring forth your opinions. And some of the other call-in topics that were suggested by the Casually Hardcore Facebook fan page, you can find us on Facebook very easily simply by signing in and going into the search box at the top of your wall and typing in Casually Hardcore. And we're the only Casually Hardcore on Facebook that I am aware of. And just like us there. We appreciate your likes. Nice to know that people are listening and are interested. And Gil Clark suggested a call-in topic, a rather broad topic of people's passion and motivation. Um, Sorry, distracted by the black void there. See, I don't have Barry here to take care of that for me. Um, So that's another possible call-in topic for today. Another thing I noticed earlier today is that there is an imposter on iTunes, there is a new, new-ish podcast there that call themselves The Casually Hardcore. Uh, so accept no substitutes. Uh, just good old-fashioned Casually Hardcore is us, and the poser is the guys who call themselves The Casually Hardcore. I've not taken the time to actually listen to their content. Uh, they are uh, seem to be a video gaming, a casual gaming-centric uh, podcast. But, uh, yeah, make sure you just listen to good old Casually Hardcore on iTunes. And I actually want to put out a request there. A lot of our reviews on iTunes are a little stale. They are several years old. So if you have a moment and the motivation, please take a moment to write us a review. Give us some stars on iTunes. That gets us uh, in the running to get featured on some of the new and notable sections and all that kind of fun stuff. And publicity is always a good thing. We don't want to see the show wither on the vine, so we're always looking for new ways to get our name out there. So please take a moment, rate us on the iTunes, and make sure it's casually hardcore as opposed to those other guys, the casually hardcore, who I hope appreciate just how much free publicity I have just given to. Yes, indeed. And now I've taken a new caller on Skype who has joined me through the miracle of the interwebs. Hey, this is Art Gore from Texas. Art Gore, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. 
Uh, how you doing, man? How you doing? I'm still kicking. I'm just trying to not let this cold kick my ass any further down the street than it already has. But we <laughs> must rally, for there must be a show, and there is a show. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, we've been having nothing but, like, brush fires down here, so there's tons of smoke everywhere. And if you have any kind of allergies, yeah, you're pretty much right uh, out of luck. Yeah, thank you very much. You're on your own. Good night. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I just want to say uh, just real quick that it's funny how easily nowadays anybody can be labeled a terrorist. Um, oh, you said the word be... terrorist on the air. You're a terrorist. <laughs> exactly. It's funny because, I mean, no longer are you able to you know, do express things and, and stuff like that. And I'm, I used to be in the military and it's funny how quickly everything changes, you know, and, uh, it's, it's just kind of funny to see the waste of money that gets put into our government instead of helping soldiers or other people across overseas and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a uh, you know, certain level of hysteria. I mean, you look back a couple decades and we had the same kind of furor over political correctness, where you weren't allowed to say certain things, and it you know, went from simple things of speaking to and about people with respect and not using obviously racist and derogatory terms, and then of course got stretched to extremes of uh, ridiculousness. Uh, people were taking exception to things that they absolutely should not have taken exception to. And we have the same ultra-sensitivity to, I think, uh, anything terror or terrorist attack related because in the back of our brain is, is the very real knowledge that you know terror attacks do happen and can happen. Now, they do happen to a vanishingly small percentage of the people in the world, but the, you know, the kind of massive effect it has on anyone it happens to scares the living crap out of us, and as well it should. And because of that, I think it makes us uh, kind of freakishly hypersensitive to the whole thing. Well, yeah, it does. But, I mean, at the same time, it's the whole red scare all over again. Everyone's a communist. Everyone Now everyone's a terrorist. Oh, you're and, and now, you're, now you're a commie, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bet you you were on, on that list that they held up in Congress. You know, you had the list of names. You were on there, weren't you? I know you probably weren't even born, but your name was already on there because they knew you were coming. Well, I mean, and also check it out, like uh, like uh, Total Biscuit. He still hasn't been able to come over and see his wife because he's on the no-fly list for some apparent reason that has yep. absolutely nothing to do with him. And it's and it's crazy because they give these kind of people all these power that shouldn't be the people that should not have these power. I'm sorry. I've gone and traveled to Mexico. I've been overseas with the military and some of these people that you see in these airports, especially, I hate to say it, on the American side, should not be the ones with all this power mm -hmm. to make these kind of decisions. And it's it's a sad state, you know. It's it's who they're going to train to pay the lowest and get to do the most work, and it's the sad state of affairs right now. Yeah, unfortunately, apparently, it's, it's the land we live in, and, and just you know, our particular close-to-home example of the breed is TB, but is, do we certainly, he is certainly not alone. Oh, no. I know that for a fact. But anyway, I just wanted to call and comment on that real quick. Thank you for calling in, and take care, and stay out of the fire. I will. <laughs> take care. Bye. All right, the Skype line is reopened for any particularly whiny types that uh, you know wanted to come back in from earlier. I don't know who you might possibly be. I'll just initiate the calls from my end here, because that would appear to be the way to do it and have more than one of us on the line at the time.
So some people just refuse to answer their phones or anything like that. I'm not looking at you, Barry, or anything, you know. You happened to call me, and my Skype window popped up as I was taking a drink. So I was like, my one second, my face was away from the computer, and uh-huh. I was looking up at the ceiling. Sure. <laughs> we totally buy that and believe it. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, Murphy, you bastard. Uh, let's see. Murphy's Law states that that which can go wrong shall go wrong. But everyone always forgets Thompson's corollary to Murphy's Law, which was Murphy was an optimist. This is true. This is indeed what we find. All right, let me park my butt here over into the oldie... Of course, it kicked me out. Email. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I'm now referring to our show as Ye Old Casually Hardcore. Ye Oldie Casually Hardcore as opposed to these young upstarts who think they can muscle in our territory by just putting a V at the front of the name. Yeah, what kind of person just puts a V in front of their name and thinks it's some kind of declarative thing about how awesome they are? Uh, I am the Gnomewise. <laughs> I've been the Barry Von Awesome since the forums started. I think I was the Barry Von Awesome on the WoW Radio forums, too. I am the president. I still am the president. Okay, from the email box, we have a small wall of text here. And the topic we've already uh, talked a little bit about today. Dare I ask, uh, do I even want to know? I just saw the title in the research. I don't know how I missed this one at the time now, but it just says, Moose gets drunk on apple. Ha- ha- apples has hangover in a tree. That was enough. That got me. That okay, got me now, now I have to go find that one, and we have to talk about that instead. We'll come back to the email. Where the hell was that one? Top, bottom, middle, who, who posted um, it? It's in Fangs. In the middle of Fangs is a sub- Fangs with a Z, so you know it's cool. So you think the, you think the word moose would jump out at me more than it is here. So I see half naked, and I see... Where's the word? I'm looking for moose, moose. Ah! It's it's next to the one about Dagobah. So look for the word Dagobah. You can't miss that. Mm-hmm. This is from metro.co.uk. Yep. Drunk moose stuck up tree after snaffing... Snaffling, I guess that's a British word. Too many apples. A drunk Swedish moose got stuck up an apple tree and had to be cut free after an intoxicating evening foraging for fruit. The silly moose suffered the fate of many an intoxicated human after a night of heavy drinking and found himself in a very embarrassing predicament. Police, be- police believe the inebriated elk... Is it elk or a moose? Because a moose is not an elk and an elk is not a moose. Elk are a different breed entirely. Oh, uh, got into a state after eating fermented apples and got stuck while trying to reach fruit higher up the tree. The binge-drinking beast somehow managed to wedge itself into the branches of the tree with all four legs off the ground. Fire crews had to chop down the tree to help free the animal from the branches, and there's a photo of, of the moose lying in the rain. The animal had to have a long lie down after getting stuck up the tree. Once free, the drunken deer... Now it's a deer! Mm. Okay, guys, what is it? Is it a moose? Is it an elk? Or is it a deer? These are different mammals. These are not, the, these are not synonyms, guys. <sighs> but I'm not bitter. <sighs> Where were we here? The deer staggered off to the nearby woods, presumably to sleep off the effects of a big night out. The moose was left physically unharmed. By, oh, he's back to being a moose. Physically unharmed by the incident, but will probably have a crackling hangover to nurse along with the embarrassing memory. 
Now, if you notice, the, the thing that made, made this seem so ridiculous is that when you picture a moose, you think of the big rack of antlers, you know. Right. This is, to me, I would assume this is either off-season, uh, where the males haven't put out their big rack, or this is a female. Yeah, I'm going to go with it's probably a female moose. Of course, a female moose would get drunk on apples and climb a tree. I was going to say, can't hold her liquor. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still Stupid. getting hate mail for that one. Stupid lady moose climbing trees. Eating fermented apples. What were you thinking? Man. You should be drinking amaretto, you see. <laughs> what? Okay, moving right along here from the email box, which is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. The subject line is what grabbed me on this one. The awesome tasticness of Harry Dresden. Dear casually hardcore crew, first of all, I'd like to say thanks for the PAX coverage that Iolite, Grail, and Daxic provided for all of us unable to attend. Now, on to the point of this email, The Dresden Files. Another thank you for recommending this book series on your show many times. Picked up the first book after one of those shows where you talked about Furies of Calderon, and you mentioned the other books from Jim Butcher. I read the first two books and thought they were okay, but just recently, in the middle of August, I decided to try the series again, starting with Grave Peril, and have not been able to stop reading the books since. I'm writing this email after just having finished Small Favor and I'm starting Turncoat. As I was typing that last sentence, I realized that I have read eight novels in less than a month while attending college for the majority of the time. That is kind of scary. Yeah, it is. You might want to step, you know, put down the book, step away from the book, and go do a little schoolwork at this point. Catalyst for this email was something I noticed in the Dresden verse, is that people have been, who have been thought to be dead either come back to life or were never actually dead in the first place. I was kind of upset when a friend accidentally told me about how Ghost Story starts, which spoiled what I would guess is the biggest and probably last event in Changes. I won't spoil it here, but I'm sure you guys know what I am talking about, and it only adds to my point. For example, Elaine in the fourth book said that she managed to escape the fire that Harry started. Kemmler is mentioned as being extremely hard to keep dead, and Cowell was thought to have died in Deadbeat. So I was thinking about which of Harry's enemies that appear to be dead may still be alive, and I can only think of one person, Justin DeMorn. I have not done much looking into this theory, so Butcher could have said somewhere that it was impossible for DeMorn to be alive. Assuming that he did not die, he would probably be high up on the Black Council, and it seems to be one of Harry's greatest enemies. He's powerful, he trained Harry, adopted Harry, and then betrayed Harry, and was apparently killed by him. It seems also an unlikely scenario to me, but I have... Three more books to go, so more information may be in those books. There's something that's bugging me, and I want to get your take on it. Enough of my rambling. I am sick uh, and haven't been able to sleep, so my theory probably makes no sense. But whatever. Keep doing wonderful show and con coverage. Best, that from Grant. Um, I've had similar thoughts of the uh, mysterious shadowy bad guy Cowell may be eventually revealed to be his old master. That's a... a one of the tropes that show up in this kind of book is, ha ha ha, you thought I was dead. And since it's a you know, fantasy novel, you can have all kinds of mechanisms by which people return to fight again another day. We've seen it many times, and actually when you get up to Ghost Story, you will see another version of uh, them contriving a method for another serious bad guy to be a bad guy once again for a good part of that book. So I don't think you're very far afield with that supposition. Um... Butcher hasn't really seeded much in the way of uh, hints that he may be warming up for a big reveal, but that may be you know, his style. I mean, just not hint about it and just have it drop in your lap at some point and say, 
boom, bad guy you thought was dead, and we've always talked about in the past tense, has been running things all along. Ma-ha-ha-ha-ha. And now we need to write a book to lead up to the big climactic battle when he finally puts down the bad guy from his past. Uh, sounds like... T- Typical uh, storytelling to me. I've seen that, that mechanism over and over again because it's effective and good and compelling. And I'd say go for it. I am going to hedge my bets here and place my chip on um, head of Dick Nixon. The jarred head of Tricky Dick, huh? Yeah. That's who, that's who I think it might be. Yeah. I mean, he's the president in the year 3000 on Futurama. Why not? Okay, that was actually painful to do uh, the head of Nixon jowl flap uh, <laughs> when I have this head cold. So I hope you all appreciate the sacrifices that I, I put forth to get you guys a good show every week. Or at least a show every week. I'm not, gonna, not going out on a limb here. And, anyway, <laughs> we're up against our next break, and it's just as well because, damn. All right, you are listening to... Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Our RSS feeds are created and maintained by JitBit, RSS feed creator. Check them out on the web at jitbit.com or click the link on the front page of vtwproductions.com. They have a widget for every occasion. Check them out. Send them your monies. And while you're at it, send us your monies to the tip jar. is always open on the Casually Hardcore segment of Versus the World Productions. You can always use a couple of bucks. We're always looking to expand the equipment, uh, trying to get uh, some condenser mics in here, and that's looking to be a fairly major challenge because when you change from these okay uh, dynamic mics that we use to the condenser mics, which are the, the more proper mechanism you should be using for the kind of spoken word content we do, the price jumps up rather alarmingly, especially when you s- consider the fact that we ultimately need to do five of these things. And the other challenge is we've got to do five at a time because you can't really mix the dynamic and the uh, condenser mics all at the same time and have them sound remotely good. So that's going to be an interesting one. But if you have a couple of bucks to spare and want to send them our way, we can always use it to help fund con coverage, getting more handheld recorders for getting more interviews for you, and all that fun stuff. You can either subscribe and have PayPal automatically send a couple of bucks a month or just do a one-time donation. Either way, we greatly appreciate it. I'm going to cough now. <coughs> Excuse me. And i got some more Jonathan Colton queued up for you coming up next. This is Jonathan Colton without, not, without a lot of Jonathan Colton in it. This is the rendition of Still Alive off of Artificial Heart, which involves some theremin playing. And if you know what a theremin is, you get plus two internet geek cred. We'll Woo-hoo. be back right after this.
this was a triumph I'm making a note here huge success it's hard to overstate my satisfaction aperture science we do what we must because we can for the good of all of us except the ones who are dead but there's no sense crying over every mistake you just keep on trying till you run out of cake and the science gets done and you make a neat gun for the people who are still alive I'm not even angry I'm being so Versus the World Productions. Getting our geek on 24 7, 365. Shut up, baby, I know it. VTWProductions.com. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com, as we cruise into our final segment of the show. And I will try not to go unconscious or die. Uh, so that was another track off of Artificial Heart, which we are continuing to plug because we like Jonathan Colton and wish him much success. And I have one of the few uh, actual CD copies available in the United States in my hand right now because my loving wife obtained it when the f- very first moment it went on sale at Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle. Got me a copy and done brought it back. And I, I have a CD and you don't. But you can buy the electronic version 
and Barry VA is linking it in the IRC, and we will include it in the show notes. It is made of win and awesome, and he is much deserving of your monies if you are enjoying the musics. When uh, she bought that at Penny Arcade, did she actually buy it from him? Was yes. he at the booth and yes. everything? He, he mans his booths himself, him and Scarface. Oh, that's awesome. And yes, his assistant is Scarface. Like, from your theme song, You've Met My Assistant Scarface? Yes, I know. When I was scheduling the interview we did with him a while back, I was getting emails from Scarface. <laughs> and I don't normally laugh out loud from the name on an email, but once I connected the dots on that one, I was like, oh, oh, oh! Funny. What he did there. You what you it. did there. I saw it. Yeah, Drew, his assistant, goes... Puts the Scarface in quotes in his uh, email handle and is uh, a very nice guy to deal with. But it's usually him and Scarface at the uh, at the booths, so you can go up and greet and meet and buy things and get signed and and all that fun jazz. Which just motivates us to be like, why didn't we go to Penny Arcade Expo this year with those people? We should right. go next year. Absolutely, and, and as well you should. I understand the the complications of you know the money because it, it was it was a stretch for us to send one of us uh, to that thing, so uh, I get it. And also, uh, take a slightly different approach. If there's someone in the IRC who wishes to uh, join us on Skype, have I'll have them uh, send a PM to Barry, and we can uh, call you uh, rather than that, that way we can actually have a three way call that works properly. We just kind of clued our way around this without having to pay. Large amounts of money <coughs> to Microsoft, a la Skype, to uh, do the three-way calling thing. In Soviet Russia, podcast call you. That's right. In Soviet Russia, podcast do call you. Watching. Well, we can keep doing those 80s jokes. <coughs> I don't know. I just, I'm just trying not to die at this point. Though that did remind me, uh, I, I watch uh, a show called No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain. Of course. And... His fixer for the former Soviet Union bloc countries is an interesting personality called Zamir. If you've never <laughs> watched the show, Zamir's quite a guy. And there's a particular episode, I think it was Romania, where Zamir was already a good Russian boy who you know, liked to drink lots of vodka with Tony. And you know, they, they're basically, whenever Zamir's involved, it's basically vodka from beginning to end of episode. But during the episode, Zamir was injured and had a very painful, and it was a back strain, and the, gave him basically the equivalent of a horse tranquilizers. So he's on these heavy, probably opiate uh, pain meds, and so what does he do? He obtains a bottle of the locally made, uh, basically moonshine vodka, and starts <laughs> pounding those back. And you just get to watch his descent into hallucination and madness live on the screen. And it is rather entertaining in a really surreal kind of a way where he's basically, you know, he's just chucking back these, these shots of innocuous clear liquid and then pounding his fist really hard on the wooden table. He's out, out you know, sitting outside at a, at a picnic bench, basically, saying, am I dreaming this? I don't know. And he's sitting there with the sunglasses on, the total... The, <laughs> Okay, Zamir, you're, this has been recorded and broadcast to millions of viewers. You are officially never going to live this one down. 
And at least his friends didn't need to resort to photoshopping him into, you know, allegedly lying next to a bed asleep uh, in Vegas to uh, to get jokes. Photoshop. Total total shop. I oh, I can tell. Right I can tell. But I've seen many photoshops in my time. You can tell by the pixels. I keep that in the same thread uh, post here where that I keep all of my uh, links for the show in. There. Yeah, no. There. You. You. Keep a link to that shopped photo. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you need to get a hobby. Oh, well, it, this is a very big file. With, this is my hobby. <laughs> this is a very big file with every note that I've ever taken. Oh, here it is. Proof that no noise did pass out in Vegas. Lies. Like, Never happened. It will definitely not be making its way into the show notes, so don't even bother. Well, for everyone in the IRC, here you go. Oh, how quickly can I kick you? Let's see here. Control and kick. You thought you were immune because I gave you half op status, huh? Well, at least you didn't kick me from the call. No, but I had that power too. I mean, now that you've reminded me. <laughs> no, no, don't do it. No. So anyway, uh, from the research thread, <laughs> this one from Fox Eight dot com, Fox Eight Cleveland. Why are all these these really bad news things all Fox stations? I'm I'm sensing a pattern here. Well, I thought you were going to say, why are they all from Cleveland? Now, sign ignites controversy after high school football game. Plainsville, Ohio. Shout out to Emperor. Kirtland crushed Plainsville Harvey during Friday night's high school football game, but it was what happened after the game that has people talking. At the conclusion of the game, some of the students and parents put up a sign that we believe was racial intimidation, non, 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 ethnic intimidation, non, 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 says Roderick Coffee, uh, Roderick Coffee, president of the Salt of the Lake County chapter of the NAACP, who was also at the game. The big sign read, "You mad, bro?" <laughs> I think the reference to bro in the sign definitely has a racial connection to it. Spoken as someone who has not set foot on the internet since 1998. Yeah. You mad, bro? Nothing racist about it, guy. It's yet another freaking 4chan meme. (sighs) Ruining the rest of the fun for for the rest of us. And they have a link here with Big Red Update. Controversial You Mad Bro sign decoded? <laughs> decoded. I mean, they better have like a, a link to a rage comic in here. Uh, yeah. Confusion can erupt when the web world and the real world collide. Yeah. Why you not figure that out earlier, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, young people using web-centric lingo in real life to people who don't speak the language. The two worlds collided. As many found out, not everyone speaks web, and the message can get lost in translation. You mad, bro? Why you no visit 4chan? Hmm? See, if the internet couldn't start bleeding into reality, it would be much more... uh... Interesting if cats, you know, every time you saw a cat, it had a funny caption like following it around. Well, have you seen the, the meta meme of, it started with a, a YouTube video of a cat watching Nyan Cat <laughs> video on an iPad. 
So they have the cute little cat there watching the cat video and with the repeating theme. And then, of course, someone posted a video of their cat watching the video of the cat watching Nyan Cat. And it's now it's it's got to be like 17 layers out now where you have cats watching cats watching cats. It's the end of the freaking world. It's it is the next best thing to dividing by zero. <laughs> cats watching cats. Yes. Cats watching cats, watching cats, watching cats, watching cats, watching Yan Cat. Well, you know, we know the end is near now if, if cats have learned how to watch themselves on the internet. Yeah. I was I was rather alarmed that my son has taught himself how to use search engines. Because um, we, we've never really demonstrated Google to him and never really shown him a web browser. Uh, but he's picked up stuff from uh, Kids Club at school and is now... The, Thankfully, at this stage in his life, he's searching for things like sonic screwdriver toys and TARDIS toys and, and, you know, nothing I have to be particularly concerned about. But having been particularly adept at finding things on the Internet without me necessarily being aware of it bodes ill for the future. That's really all I have to say about that. See, I would have thought that you or your beard would have taken the obvious porn entry there. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to give him any ideas i guess i was just like I, I was trying to make a, 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 a some kind of connection with blue box and how that could come up with something terrible on the internet but i just kind of faded there he was miles away yeah <laughs> i'm like what's something from doctor who that you could type into the internet and come up with something dirty and then i just started thinking about dirty stuff on the internet and i kind of spaced out because that's what occupies your mind. Okay. The internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. All these guys unzip their flies to porn. Porn, porn. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further than that. Because <laughs> the, 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 lyrics, the lyrics just spiral. Let me grab your <clears throat> and double click. Yeah. All right, from com. yes, the Harry Knowles corner of the interwebs, Guillermo del Toro and Mr. Beaks discussed Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Pacific Rim, and the far-from-used-up future of At the Mountains of Madras. Madness. Yeah, the Cthulhu stuff might make it to the big screen one day. We'll see. But most importantly, the Pacific Rim, <coughs> where... Guillermo del Toro, who has demonstrated his affinity for lots of prosthetic makeup. I mean, you look at the Hellboy series, especially Hellboy 2 and Pan's Labyrinth, and you see that this guy is not afraid to throw himself into wild examples of rubber prosthetic and latex and all that fun stuff. And he's throwing himself at a Godzilla-style giant monster feature, including Mecha. So... Like Ultraman? We'll see. Uh, it says, boldly moving forward with Pacific Rim, Del Toro knows what's at stake here, and he's throwing all of his considerable creative energies into designing the finest effing monsters and greatest effing robots ever seen on the big screen. While he wasn't in an elaborative mood with regards to Pacific Rim's story when he spoke via phone last week, he was more than happy to talk about Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, uh, which is his current movie heading for theaters, and the in-development Beauty and the Beast starring Emma Watson. Hmm. So, but the one that jumped out at me on that one is the 
uh, Guillermo del Toro doing a Godzilla style. I mean, when was the last time we had a monster movie that wasn't a freaking I got 20 bucks, you got 20 bucks, Sifi, Mega Mammal versus Ultra Ichthyoid, insert names here, crap fest? Well, see, I uh, I argued in uh, an article I wrote for the newsletter that um, the current incarnation of Fright Night was a, a callback to old school monster movies of, of the vampire style. And see, it's supposed to be quite good. I heard it didn't do very well. It did well enough for there to be a sequel in the works, uh, oh. where they're supposed to be featuring David Tennant's character uh, more centrally. Uh, this is one of those, those instances where they realized after the movie was over that, wow, we had a real powerhouse guy and we didn't give him a whole lot of stuff to do, uh, but, there's, but he apparently survives, um, and they will try to build a, hopefully a better sequel to the original. I mean, the, the sequel to the original Fright Night was, oh my God, awful. Fright Night 2 was, was terribad. Um and this could be one of those times where the sequel is superior to the original. Now, we're getting really meta here because this, this is a... I'm referring to something as an original that's actually a remake of a previous movie. Um, and the sequel to the remake... Uh, oh, my brain hurts and I am, I am ill and old and tired. And... Congratulations, Internet. <laughs> you done killed me. But we'll see. But uh, the whole Guillermo del Toro... Um, and he does a particular flavor of uh, movie that that is in my in my comfort zone, uh, the Hellboy type things of the world where it's camp that takes itself seriously. I mean, you look at Hellboy and Hellboy Two, and, and they're campy, but they are still also serious stories with serious characters that relate to each other. You know, in in it's not um, Evil Dead level of camp. Um, so unfortunately, you know, it's looking fairly unlikely that Hellboy 3 will ever get made, but if we can do a giant monster and giant robot movie with him at the helm, they'll, they'll get my, you know, $27 or whatever the hell they're charging for a night out the movies by then. And so. if you can't, if you can't get one of those A-list titles like Godzilla or Ultraman, maybe we can get a Gamera movie. Gamera. He's friend of children everywhere. See, that was one of the fun bits. If you've ever read any of the uh, Old Man's War series by John Scalzi, they have a style of genetically engineered warrior that is designed to live its entire life in space. It's basically a big tortoise shell style uh, design, and they refer to them as Camerons because, well, because <laughs> Scalzi's a big nerd, and he, he knew that we would get the joke. Yeah, Gamera, uh, yeah. Low-rent Godzilla. I mean, come on. <laughs> you can't beat that with a stick. No. Well, you could, but it's got to be a hard shell. And, oh, am I being too literal and overthinking things again? A little bit. A little bit. <sighs> to the research thread. To the research thread. To the Batmobile. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Go. NASA to cooperate in educational MMO development. And this is actually uh, refers to a Kickstarter account. And let's see. They are looking to raise... Wow, they've made their goal. 
They were, they were looking to raise 25000 and they've raised $37,634, and they still have 29 days to go. According to my calculations, 37000 is more than 25000 Mm-hmm. We are officially kicking off the development on Kickstarter.com. Allow us to complete the beta of Astronaut, Moon, Mars, and Beyond. Official NASA MMO game set in the year 2035. You will embark on an adventure into space, Mars, the asteroid belt, and the outer planets. You will excuse me, uncover secrets about the, of a threat to civilization as we know it and build your team a high-tech inventory of space gear, including a home base somewhere out there. Our small group of 20 developers have won a contest held for the best idea <coughs> Excuse me. for an official massively multiplayer online game depicting the future and signed a Space Act agreement with NASA, who chose to pitch our pitch over all others. Start of the project conceived at NASA Learning Technologies. So you can come over to kickstarter.com and search for the astronaut, colon, moon, Mars, and beyond, the NASA MMO online game. If you wish to contribute to the future of that, uh, they've still got 29 days to accept your donations. And they have different rewards for different uh, pledge levels you can read about on the site. But if you want to see the power of the MMO used for education, and, I mean, if, if anything can help uh, you know, the newer generations get bitten by the space exploration bug, the manned space exploration bug. It's all a good thing, in my opinion. Because we've kind of lost that fire, and I'd like to see us get it back. As long as humanity as a whole makes it great, but I wouldn't mind if the U.S. were kind of, you know, uh, back in the game, as it were. Nostalgia. It's a powerful thing. On a a side note of uh, aircraft that... uh, or futuristic aircraft, whatever happened with those... um, Two supersonic planes that the government built and then subsequently lost when they launched. They lost them. Did they just evaporate? Did they travel back in time? How fast did these things go? Do you ever see the pilot episode of Farscape? Yeah. That's what I think happened. Oh, really? But they, they were unmanned, though, so... Right? And, that's the, and, that's, and see, there's the whole mistake. We need to do manned space flight. So when uh, unstable wormholes suck things into far reaches of the galaxy... By God, we're sending John Crichton out there to bring back the stories. Yeah. And the Muppets. Yeah, somewhere there's a ship full of Muppets out there poking a, a, a unmanned uh, exactly. spacecraft going, where's our pilot? Exactly. And let's see, that's just, could have been so much more exciting. And instead, we just, you know, we have these lost robots. Of course, they could come back in the future, having been reinforced by alien technology, and come back looking for God, you know. I think I saw that episode of Eureka. Mm, which was a ripoff of the Star Trek motion picture, which was originally going to be an episode of Star Trek to the uh, television oh, series like... that they retooled into a really bad movie. V'ger! V'ger must merge with the creator! Hmm? Missed you. I, ta- I talked over you there. Star Trek what? Star Trek Two Electric Boogaloo. Yes, exactly. No, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Freaking Khan was the good Star Trek. Star Trek: The Motion Picture could have been better. I mean, if you go go look at the the director's cut, it's a it is a tighter edit and is a more entertaining movie. But it it's, whoa drags a little bit. Yeah, but I digress. Which brings us neatly to the end of the show. 
So thank you for bearing with us through this special No Malone episode of Casually Hardcore. Uh, we'll be back next week. We should have Daxa and Grail back in. Uh, Grenor will still be stuck doing worky type things for another week, but then we should hear from him thereafter with many stories of the land in the world outside, which I'm told is quite nice. But uh, the scare ball is, you know, I'm wearing my The Sun is Trying to Kill Me t-shirt today, and that's pretty much how I feel. So I'll be here wrapped in my silent blanket of fear for the remainder of the day, and hopefully... Uh, won't cough up a lung anymore. But I digress. <laughs> Woo and who indeed. We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, you badly need to come to vtwproductions.com and join the forum community, which is awesome. The VTW community just got bigger. We now have the Indeed podcast with their four hosts now trolling the forums. Get out there and troll them back. I know we got lots of lurkers out there on the forums, but occasionally, you lurkers, you need to post something and speak and let us know that you're there, because that's how we roll. Check us out on the web, vtwproductions.com slash casually dash hardcore. Please take a moment, if you are partaking of us via iTunes, write us a review, review send us some suggestions, send suggestions to the email address, the show at alphageekradio.com and ch at vtwproductions.com. They all head to the same place. We never retire them. We just modify them. <sighs> Join me this Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, for Alpha Geek interviews. I will be interviewing Brian Ibbett from Coverville. Check him out at coverville.com. He's got a fantastic show with lots of really good music that is really cheap and or free to obtain. It's a happy thing. I have been gnomewise. I have been Barry. And we are... Out of here. High creativity, low technology. For your weekly fix of tabletop and live-action role-playing games, Difficulty Check 2nd Edition. Available for podcast download every Thursday. www.vtwproductions.com Thank you.